So I just saw this um, this tweet by uh, Wesley Yang, I believe is his name, and uh, he retweeted something about well, racial equity comes to uh, comes to the Federal Reserve, and I he linked to this Wall Street Journal article, and I only read part of it because of course it's paywalled, and I'm not going to pay for this, uh, you know, get a subscription there. Uh, but anyways, I can infer, you know, I think this article might even be critical of this, of this, um, idea. Uh, I don't know what's in it really, but I can tell you, I know what the Biden administration is trying to do here. And, uh, so what is the federal reserves current mandate, right? They have this thing called a dual mandate, which means they have two things that they're supposed to do. Now they're set up to, to stabilize prices, have stable prices, as well as their other goal, right? Which I think is, a, is not as good as the first goal, but this next goal is to, to have full employment, right? Is to work on employment. So they have these two goals and sometimes the federal reserve will uh, sacrifice one of these goals for the other goal. So this is how they can get away sometimes with you know, having their, their rates set really low, having artificially low interest rates, because they might say, well, we have this inflation problem, yes, but look at the unemployment rate, which is probably what they're going to do, you know, when they eventually they're going to reverse course, I think, right, this is what people are predicting, is that their current hiking of rates, right, is to try to tame inflation, is to try to stabilize prices, right? This is one of their mandates that they're trying to fix, right? But so they're going to do this by hiking rates ever higher and ever higher. Uh, but really, they're not going to do enough rate hiking to get inflation under control. And the problem that everybody sees is that if they hike rates, um, this economy is built on debt. This economy only grew to the extent that it grew off these artificially low interest rates. A lot of companies borrowed money at these rates. A lot of companies will go under if they can't continue to borrow at such low rates. They just won't be profitable. So what they're going to end up doing is crashing the economy. We already see that in the, the rate hike, you know, the small rate hike that we got. It's very small, right, in terms of what the number, you know, how high inflation is right now. It's huge. All right. So this is not a very big rate hike. And we already see our economy rolling over, crumbling, right? We're already in a recession um, by anybody who, who, who can look around, right? Just observe things. Uh, we're already in a recession. You know, the very, the very beginnings of one, you might say, but still we're, we're in a recession. And Eventually, what does that mean? We already see a bunch of companies laying people off in the tech industry, especially the crypto industry. Uh, you know, maybe that's the, the first sign. Um, these, these industries are the most speculative, right? These are the, the ones that, you know, like an Uber, right? Doesn't make that much, doesn't really make money, right? Maybe they even lose money. <laughs> so they're the first ones to like lay people off. And I don't know, I don't know if Uber announced layoffs or anything. I'm just giving an example of a tech company here. But uh, I know, you know, all these crypto companies are laying off uh, BlockFi, Coinbase, et cetera, um, Gemini. I mean, they're all they all have layoffs. So. Um, so what? So um, 
or at least hiring freezes. So, so when the, the Fed hikes rates, right, that turns the economy into a recession. But it's a needed recession, right? Because all this, you know, all, this economy was built off of false, non-productive businesses that, that should go under. Like these, these, these businesses that, that are, that are um, in the speculative crypto industry need to be purged, right? They need to be at least, at least a lot smaller than they currently are. So this recession is much needed. It flushes out all the bad investment, all the malinvestment that we have in this country. Uh, but yet it's so painful that the politicians and the, even the Federal Reserve, which, you know, is basically a political entity um, that's not independent at all. And, you know, basically the headline of this of this story that I'm talking about should convince you that the Federal Reserve is no is not politically independent. Right. Um, in, in Paul Volcker's days in 1980. 1980, whenever, yeah, whenever he raised interest rates to like 20%, maybe you could say he was somewhat independent uh, to try to rein in uh, inflation right back then. But we're not going to see that today. I mean, no way. <laughs> not under Powell. Like, you'd have to get somebody truly independent. But, but why would anyone assume that this is an independent position? I mean, it would totally have to depend on the character of the person Um who, who's sitting in this chair, but why do I even mention this? Why they would not, why they, why they, why would anyone just assume they'd be political? Uh, not political. Sorry. Why would anyone assume the fed chair would not be political? Number one, they have to get approved, right? They have to, they have to have all these senators approve their nomination. So that should tell you right there that this is highly political, right? And that it would take somebody who has profound independence who's principled, right, to, to stand up to these politicians. It, have to, it would have to take somebody so independent, right? And, but it also would take somebody to get into this spot even just to, you know, have this job because you have to get approved by these politicians. It would take somebody basically like uh, pleasing these politicians, maybe saying stuff that, that they know that they won't do later. And then once they're in the seat, acting on their own accord without any kind of political influence. This to me would be highly, highly rare. Um, it just, it's unlikely to happen. And this latest news story that I just, you know, that I, <laughs> I wanted to talk about here, which I got a little off topic here, but should prove to you that they're political. This is a political machine, this, this Federal Reserve. And it's obvious that they're trying to pass this bill in the House. Either it passed or it was introduced, I'm not sure. But the Biden White House has endorsed it, right? This bill that will put on the same equal footing as the dual mandate. Now it's going to be a, a, a triple mandate, right? It's going to have price stability. It's going to have um, full employment. And then they also want to have racial equity. And what does racial equity mean? It means that certain racial groups in this country get priority, right? That they want equal outcomes. So this means that if... Uh, in we all know who's on top, right, is blacks. Blacks are the only people that matter in this country, at least to the Democrats. And they're giving them racial privileges now. They want to give them racial privileges at the Federal Reserve. So what does this mean? Does this mean the Fed can print money and give it to black people? I mean, I haven't read the bill yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's basically a summary, you know, for a five-year-old of, of how, this is, how this is going to go down, of how this is going to work. 
And where's the outrage? Why, you know, Powell, the Fed chair Powell, I think he was just grilled, right? This, this week, was it, did he, I mean, was he asked questions yesterday? I believe so. Yesterday was Wednesday, right? I believe he testified. Where was the senators asking him questions about this bill, right? This bill is going to affect the Federal Reserve. If this bill goes through, you know, and people say, well, it may pass the House, but they don't think it can pass the Senate. Well, who, who the hell knows, right? It's even, it's even like shameful that this thing's even being introduced in this country as in the House. Like these, these people should be ashamed of themselves. Um, but of course they're not because, you know, if you're black, I guess, you know, you're for this. Most blacks probably are for this because it advantages their group. Where are the black people speaking out against this? Where are you? What, where, what are you doing? You know, um, I linked to a tweet, uh, Dr. Carol Swain, I think, I think that she, I don't know if I, no, I I saw, I don't know if I linked to her tweet, but I saw that she she tweeted this out. Now she didn't make a comment, but you know, I know a little bit about her views and I don't, she, she would not be supporting this, right? She, she, she does not like the CRT stuff. Uh, so she wouldn't be supporting this bill. She just like tweeted it out just to show people, you know, this is being, uh, um, this is being, um, discussed this bill. And I think this wall street journal article might actually be critical of it. So, uh, yeah, so maybe no comments needed, but, but the problem is, is that not enough black people, are going to come out against this because the majority of black people in this country are going to be for any kind of collective privileges for their group. And you cannot have a society where you have racial preferences for a specific group, right? In different fields or different institutions when multiple races exist in your country. It's just, it can't work, right? You cannot have race-based policy-based policies in this country because we are multi-ethnic, right? We're, we're supposed to be individualists, right? We're supposed to treat everyone as an individual, right? You, you don't have an alliance to a group. Yes, you can celebrate your heritage and you're, you can have a certain culture. I'm fine with that. But do not inject race-based politics and preferences for a certain ethnic group. And we all know which ethnic group is going to benefit from any kind of racial equity being the third mandate, you know, of the Federal Reserve. Um, this is unconstitutional, right? Hopefully this could go up to the Supreme Court if it does pass. Um, but what does this do to a country? It rips it apart, right? It turns races against each other. And the results of that, the consequences of that, just ill will towards another racial group that you because they have preferences and privileges that you don't. I mean, this just creates natural hate, natural, you know, people wanting to, you know, go to war with each other, either politically or in the streets. Nothing good can come of this bill. I realize that the people who are trying to pass this thing, they want to help black people, right? It's a very noble cause. You want to help blacks. They're struggling. But stealing from one group of people, right, through government force isn't the answer. No, now no one really likes the way the Federal Reserve is set up. Nobody. But adding another mandate, right, that's based off race and has really nothing to do with economic policy, right, this isn't the Fed's job, number one. So you're injecting racial policies into an organization whose job is monetary policy, right? Just it, it's not 
it has nothing to do with race. How does race have anything to do with monetary policy? And I realize the problem is with the Fed itself and that they've screwed up this economy. They don't know how to manage the currency. They've printed too much, too many dollars. And so people understandably are upset by the consequences of this policy, right? They feel like certain people have benefited and that's true, but it has nothing to do with race, right? The people that have benefited from the Federal Reserve's printing, um, you could be black and have benefited, right? You could be white, you could be Asian, right? It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't um, depend on race. Now, if you're looking out at the world and observing, well, more white people seem to have benefited from inflated assets than more black people, the question then doesn't, how do you right the wrong, isn't, oh, let's, in, let's make the Federal Reserve uh, help black people more explicitly. That's not the answer. The answer is to get rid of the policies that allow the Federal Reserve to help some group, some people, right? But it wasn't by race. Um, any, but they, they did help some people, right, with their policies. Some people basically were able to take advantage of it, right? Asset owners, right? Uh, stockholders like Elon Musk, he had like 20 billion before COVID and after so 20 wealth. And, and after that, he had, you know, 320 billion. And all of that was based off of the inflation that the Federal Reserve um, created. But the answer to, to that question is not to not to be envious and say, well, the Federal Reserve needs to do something explicitly to help black people create wealth. Or, or basically, it's not even creating wealth. When you inflate dollars, um, you're reducing the purchasing power of the dollars in existence. You're diluting the dollar. Uh, you're reducing everyone's purchasing power, and you're basically allowing someone who gets the free, the new introduced currency, the new issuance of the currency, you're allowing them to basically commit theft when they get basically these free dollars, and then they trade in the economy uh, these free dollars that they got, basically, for for good for real goods and services, so you're allowing them to gain gain access to to other people's wealth. It's a transfer of wealth. It's not creating wealth. So the answer, the root cause of this, is to rein in the Fed, not to introduce a a racial uh, monetary mandate uh, to to the Fed's you know dual mandate right now. That's not the answer. So um, yeah. I think that this story just sort of, sort of got buried. I just saw this. Um, I just saw the story. And why isn't anyone talking about it? I guess, the, you know, the gas prices, that's the main headline. Um, that's the main headline right now. But it's an important thing to talk about, I think. It's just these, these, this racial equity mandate. I mean, Biden, this, he's made his whole agenda. He's made his whole presidency about racial equity. And at least he's living up to his promise, right? At least he's trying. Uh, I have to give the Democrats credit for that. You know, the Democrats don't throw their people under the bus. When they say that they want to make the Biden agenda about racial equity, which they pretty much did from day one, he's delivered. I could say, you know, he's delivered on that promise. Good for them. Uh, you can't say the same thing for the Republicans, right? The Republicans, um, just yesterday, they had 14 Republicans vote with the Democrats to pass these red flag gun laws, uh, completely, you know, destroying um, <laughs> uh, any reason, you know, for a Republican to want to vote for these people in the future. Um, you know, these Republicans were from pretty red states. I mean, I'm from Texas. John Cornyn is a senator, a Republican senator from Texas, and he 
voted for these red flag gun laws. He voted to give the FBI more money because uh, there's like a hundred billion dollars that they put in this bill towards the FBI. And he also said, you know, apparently he said this on the Senate floor. He said, um, next up, we're going to do immigration. So these are all things that like his he knows his base doesn't support. He knows the Republicans are not for this. And what do they do? They they basically don't do the bidding of their constituents every single time. They act like Democrats. They're siding with the Democrats in this country. Uh, you know, and I've been saying for over a year that I will not vote for them. If it comes down to it, I'll vote for a Democrat to get them out. Like, so if he's going to go up against a, a Democrat, I guess this is after the primaries and stuff, if you can't get him out, I'll vote for a Democrat because these Republicans need to be out of office. And you know what? I'm not, I'm, a, I'm actually more of a libertarian type, but uh, I will vote for this Democrat to get these people out. I think what we need to see, and even on the left, you know, some, some people on the left don't like their, um, you know, like Pelosi or whoever that they, they don't like. Perhaps they should be voting for Republicans just to get these people out. Um, now, I don't know if they would do that. And some people say this is bad advice. Maybe it is. But I'm just so fed up with um, with these Republicans uh, ignoring what their base wants, just aligning with the other side, especially right now when the when this country is very, very divided. There's hardly anyone who's a moderate left. And a lot of people say that's not true. Like, it's just people on Twitter that are, you know, crazy on either side. I don't think so. I think that the I think that, that there's hardly anybody who can claim to be a moderate anymore. I mean, uh, because they've the the left has gone so far in one direction. Um, how can you be a moderate? Because basically, what a moderate would be right t- today is somebody who supports the red flag gun laws. That's a moderate today, and that's unacceptable, right? To the to the right. So. You're saying a moderate is somebody who compromises every time with the left. This is my view. And so compromising, though, means you stand for nothing. You're just you're just adrift. So anyone who claims that they're a moderate and like this is a good thing to me. Um, sort of that's a red flag that you stand for nothing because you can just be pulled pulled in any which direction. Uh, and so, yeah. Um, the red flag laws, well, this is not what I was going to talk about, but of course they're going to be used against their political enemies. And the problem is, is that anyone, anyone can accuse anybody else of, 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 you know, being a, being a threat and then have their, have their guns taken away. Um, and of course it's going to be abused. You have people who are lefty sitting on the court, uh, who will make these decisions as a judge, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, and so it's, it's a law, it's a, it's a, it's a law that's introduced that, um, has, you know, the people that that support it probably have really good intentions, but, um, but it's going to actually cause more damage and reduce, you know, civil liberties, uh, more than it's going to help anybody. (laughs) So you're just blind if you don't think that this could be used against you. But back to the topic that I wanted to you know, talk about here. Um, how can anybody in this country think that this is a good idea to introduce equity policy at the Federal Reserve? And, you know, the problem is, is they've introduced equity policy 
everywhere else, right? It's, it's, in, it's, in, it's everywhere. It's, it's, you know, there was an article about the Fetty and Franny, these two government housing authorities that basically buy mortgages, right? They were going to help black people in particular uh, buy homes by, by helping them with their down payment and giving them a reduced interest rate. This was an article I talked about like two weeks ago or something. I mean, so is it any wonder that now they're talking about making race a priority at the Federal Reserve for their monetary policy? I guess I shouldn't be shocked by this, right? I guess I'm not shocked. I'm more just outraged. Um, I'm more just outraged that the, that the other side, right, isn't saying anything about this negatively, isn't coming out against it. Uh, it it's, it's, it's pathetic to me. Um, this is not being discussed. And I think it's because people are being, you know, afraid to be called racist. Uh, I get it. You're afraid to be called racist. You're afraid to lose your job. But how we have to get over that. We need to get over that, you know, as a country um, or as people or else you're just going to continue to lose uh, rights in this country. Right. We're just going to lose um, <laughs> our, you know, uh, to treat everybody as, you know, an individual, not as a, as a particular race. We're going to lose um, what made this country great. I mean, we're, we're already going down this, this road to hell. I mean, in these, these policies that are being proposed that are not being talked about, they're just not even being discussed. Um, it's very damning, right? It's, it just shows that this stuff can be crammed through because white people have no spine, right? Or Asian people or Hispanic people. Where are the Hispanic people, right? Um, because they're not going to be included in this. This is just going to be for blacks because everything is about black people. The, and this is, I think, why the Hispanics are getting a little bit fed up with the Democrats uh, because the Dem- Democrats have been focused sol- solely on, on helping blacks at the expense of everybody else. And it is at the expense of everybody else because uh, to the extent that the government has any money to give black people, through the, these different programs, right? It's t- being taken from other people through taxes or through inflation that the Fed will create uh, that reduces the purchasing power of everyone else, right? So uh, where, where, why isn't this being discussed? Where are people discussing this issue? Um, I need to start seeing it. And I really want to see some Black people some prominent black people come out against this. Where are you? You need to talk about this. And I know there's some, I know there's probably many that don't like this policy. Uh, perhaps like a Glenn Lowry, maybe Carol Swain. Um, where are you though? You need to, you need to start coming out against this stuff, right? Because I realize that most black people are probably for this because it helps them. I get it, right? Why would you be against something that, that helps your group? Uh, well, because you don't want the same thing to happen to you in reverse, right? It wouldn't be okay if, if the Federal Reserve was giving white people special privileges, special monetary privileges or free money at the Fed. That wouldn't be okay. It wouldn't be okay for them to give it to Chinese people. It wouldn't be okay for them to give it to Hispanic people. Uh, so ideally, like hopefully more black people can see that, that this isn't going to be good for them in the long run. Um, it, it's it's going to create hate, right? It's going to and I don't want to, I just want these policies, these race-based policies to end. I don't want to implement it for white people or any other group. I just want everything to be race neutral. Can we, can we at least go back to that, please? Um, right. But there's going to be some groups, right, that 
that or some people who have the feeling that we have to get back at these blacks, right? We, we need to get back at them um, in a way that, oh, well, maybe we should make the policy for white people. No, that's not the, that's not the right answer. That's not right ethically, right? That's not good. Uh, we need to treat everybody the same, regardless of race. But you are going to start seeing backlash, right? You're going to see, start seeing a backlash and perhaps it won't come in the form of you know, race-based policies for, you know, a different group that gets power. Maybe it'll come in, come in, come, come like this, you know, maybe white people will stop donating to black causes. Maybe they just won't feel as much sympathy towards blacks. Maybe they won't give to BLM. I don't think they should be giving to BLM anyways, because it's a fraud. Um, but, uh, but maybe they won't be giving to their local black community for, you know, that, that, they normally do or whatever, because they're trying to help them out. Uh, but maybe they say, you know what, blacks in this country have gone way too far. You know, they're trying to create this racial hierarchy where they get all these government privileges and we're just done with them. You know, they want to be, they want to also like be able to um, do crime and get away with it and not have to, they claim the justice system is racist towards them. So they're trying to get all these black criminals out of the jail we're done with black people. Like we've had it with them. Maybe they're going to say something like that and they're not going to be as sympathetic. They're not going to donate to them. Maybe they'll start voting for policies to take away their welfare, right? To take away all that, all the goodies that, that a lot of black people end up getting just because they happen to be poor. Now there's a lot of poor white people too, but perhaps people will start, you know, just acting in ways that show their disregard, their, their, um, their disrespect sort of for blacks, because, you know, why would people, why, you know, it's very, it's very easy. And I don't think this is the right thing to do, but it's very easy and tempting to start thinking this way that you don't like a certain group of people who are pushing for all of these race-based, you know, policies in their favor that hurt your group. It's very easy to go down that route. And I'm not suggesting you do. I, I suggest that you resist it, but it's very easy to start looking at these groups of people now as it, as your enemy, right? As the enemy, as somebody that you can't vote for, right? I can never vote for this certain group of people who happens to be certain person who happens to be this race because uh, statistically they're going to vote for more policies that hurt my race and help theirs. And statistically that's true with black people, right? White people are going to start saying to themselves, I can never vote for a black person ever again to a position of power. Why? Because they like all this diversity inclusion stuff. They want to mandate that, that diversity is a, is a necessity on uh, the board of, of a certain company. They want to mandate that blacks get racial preferences at the Federal Reserve. They want to mandate that blacks get racial, racial preferences uh, through these institutions like Fetty and Franny that help give them loans for homes. They want to uh, keep affirmative action in hiring, uh, in college applications, you know, all of the, even now in the medical industry, right, where we saw that last year with COVID, blacks getting special privileges to get the vaccine or get treated for COVID ahead of any other race. I mean, talk about dystopian future. <laughs> now we see it in, uh, there was this article I talked about last week about Southwest Airline pilots uh, partnering with historical black colleges uh, to um, to try to up their numbers of black pilots. Well, every time we see someone looking for to up their black numbers through quota system, they always lower the standards at which you know 
the black person has to jump through. So we can assume that Southwest Airlines is lowering standards, lowering the bar to up their black pilot numbers, right? That's not okay. You're you're playing with people's lives. um, And now, you know, you're saying that being black is all that matters, right? Your race is all that matters in being a good pilot. Uh, Hell no. Like, when are people going to wake up? When are they going to stand up to this? This is like, some of this stuff is life or death. The medical stuff, you're really going to sacrifice your white kid self-sacrifice. They want you to self-sacrifice for blacks in this country, right? They want you to say, um, we'll let the black kid uh, have the first access to medical treatment and your white kid needs to go to the back of the line, right? How is that fair, right? How is that fair? Um, you're going to have to have a black pilot that's got lower standards and you're going to, when you, when you buy an airline ticket at Southwest Airlines, uh, you're just going to have to live with the fact that, well, we have to lower the standards to get more black pilots in here. Uh, so if we, if the airline crashes, too bad, I guess. So, so sorry for you. You know, sorry for your loss. Uh, but we had to, we had, we, our ultimate goal was to just hire more blacks. And so we had to lower standards and we're okay with that. We're okay with accepting more airline crashes. Uh, but you know what? It's okay. We all should self-sacrifice for blacks, right? So that blacks can get these great pilot jobs uh, we need to lower standards so that they can actually get them. Um, I'm not okay with that, you know. And and why are a bunch of white people okay with this? In my opinion, it's got to do. It's got to do with the concept of self-sacrifice. This idea that white people should feel guilty, and this is what CRT does. This is the goal of CRT uh, training. It's to um, make white people feel bad for things that they never did to blacks. Because no one alive today ever enslaved a black person. <laughs> so uh, so they want to make you feel bad for the sins of your ancestors. And perhaps your ancestors never even enslaved anybody. They don't care. They're just looking at your skin color and saying, uh, you should feel bad. You should feel guilty. And then what do they do with that guilt? They do shit like this, right? They basically say, you are going to have to just... Dis- uh, deal with the fact that we want racial equity everywhere. We want the Federal Reserve to now have a third mandate called racial equity, and you will like it and you will love it because uh, we've guilt shamed you. We've told you that you're uh, responsible for everything bad that happens to black people today. Uh, and white people just go along with this bullshit. They just accept their guilt, right? They accept this idea that they should be self sacrificing to black people at every turn, right? And the only way in my mind to combat this is for for white people to get rid of this idea of self-sacrifice. You do not have to self-sacrifice to anybody, right? Self-sacrifice means that you're putting your life at risk for somebody else's. You're willing to don't you basically give 90% of your salary over to, to a black person, right? And just keep 10% because you just, I don't know, you feel guilt, you feel shame, right? You, you've been caught. I think it's some kind of con. I think it's a manipulation and deception that black people are doing on whites. Uh, and they're very good at it. They're very good at, it, at exploiting white people. They, they've, uh, you know, they've developed this skill. Uh, and they realize that whites will do anything to try to prove that they're good, right? By, and how do you prove that you're a good white? Well, by giving to BLM by hiring black people to positions maybe they're not qualified for, for, um, 
for just this 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 idea of just fawning all over these black people it just disgusts me because you can tell it's all fake or you maybe they're sincere but um but they look so weak they just look like they have no spine spine they can't stand up for themselves you know these are the type of people that really just get railroaded i mean maybe 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 in all areas of their life the boss tells them to do some some tasks they do it they don't even get credit for it who knows who knows what but these people they're 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 cowardly um and perhaps you know all all this training the crt stuff perhaps it really is working uh maybe they uh you know maybe 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 it's really effective right uh, so uh I think the best thing that you can teach your children or maybe even yourself if you're, you know, been, been manipulated like this is the concept of, um, self-sacrifice and that self-sacrifice is actually an evil. Now, self-sacrifice doesn't mean that you can't volunteer your time, right. Or your money to help people on your own accord. Right. But that's very different. like volunteering means you're doing something for somebody else, but you're not sacrificing yourself for this other person, right? You're not, you're not sacrificing your own life, right? You're not giving your life. You're not, you're not pledging allegiance, right? To these people. You're just doing it. You're just volunteering, volunteering or giving when, you know, what you can, when you can, but you don't do it to, if it hurts you, you can only do it if it, if it doesn't hurt your bottom line or doesn't hurt your family. And I'm fine with that. What I can't stand is uh, is this concept of self-sacrifice and the fact that that this is this is actually, you know, Biden saying that we need to give to Ukraine and give to Ukraine right to help help them win this war, but he knows that it's hurting people gone up. He admits it and he says you need to self-sacrifice. This concept of self-sacrifice is everywhere, and it's at the heart of what is ruining this country. People think that, oh, I need to self-sacrifice. I guess gas prices are going up, but we need to print a bunch of money. We need to send a bunch of our tax dollars over to uh, uh, Ukraine. Um, and I guess, I guess I should sacrifice myself for somebody in Ukraine. No, do not sacrifice any, for anybody in Ukraine right? We, we as a country should only be helping them to the extent that we believe in their cause, to the extent we believe that it's not corrupt, to the extent we believe somehow it helps our country or, or, you know, that the Ukrainians have helped us maybe in the past, but above and beyond any of these things is that it doesn't hurt us directly. And we are, we are donating to Ukraine, right? We're giving to them and at the same time, hurting our country because our country's broke, right? Um, not only that, we don't have the money to give, but it's also creating this effect where uh, oil, oil, you know, oil production um, out of Russia was disrupted because of this ongoing war. And by giving to Ukraine, we're making it worse. We're prolonging the war because Ukraine obviously needs the money to fight, or else this war would be over, right? And, and none of this would be happening. But so this, this war is causing other effects, which is that oil prices are going up, right? Um, or oil has been disrupted a little bit. Uh, and, you know, and 
you know, I realize that that's not the only reason why oil is going up, right? I realize it's the Biden's, Biden's energy policies too. But right now, Biden is blaming Russia on gas increases in this country. And so he's directly telling everybody, you need to self-sacrifice, right? No, you don't. That's a bunch of bullshit. And this is the same logic that black people and their liberal allies like Biden are telling this country, middle America, average white people, you need to self-sacrifice so that these black people can, can, uh, can get all the things they want, right? And the self-sacrifice comes because they're, they're taxing you, right, to give money to black people. They're taxing you or they're inflating your dollars, which is basically the same thing. It's a different kind of tax to give racial equity programs and privileges everywhere in this country. And the only reason why whites continue to allow this and everyone else, not just white people, Asian people, Hispanic people, is because there's this, this idea that we should self-sacrifice. And this is the road to hell. Like if this country has already um, accepted self-sacrifice as uh, as a nation, like that we don't believe in individualism anymore, then uh, this country's done. This country's through. It's just a matter of time until some uh, charismatic dictator, right, takes complete control over this country and turns it into a totalitarian nightmare. Or, you know, I believe we're already sort of fascist in this country. Um, but I would say that we it's not a complete total total dictatorship yet. It's, it's, it, the government's very powerful. They don't have complete control and there's no one part there's, you could say maybe there's a uniparty somewhat, but there's no one, um, ruler, right? There's no one party that has complete control and we have elections still. And in theory, the other side still could win. Now it's funny that the other side sometimes acts like Democrats, you know, the Republicans act like Democrats a lot, but not all of the Republicans, only some of them. So I don't think we have a complete, you know, dictatorship or anything yet. I don't think I don't think that. But um, I do think that we're set up to go there because the idea is that if you have self-sacrifice yourself, you're going to self-sacrifice eventually to the state, to the collective. Um, and that's the beginning of the end of all individual rights. So if you believe in self-sacrifice, you're basically working for someone else as a slave, you'll be a slave to the government, right? To the state, to the nation. And, uh, and then you'll, you'll lose everything. You'll lose all of your property, use all of your individual rights. You'll basically work for the state. Um, and that'll be it. And if, if so, you have to get people to abandon this idea of self-sacrifice. Um, number one for, for, you know, not becoming, you know, totalitarian, but also, uh, I think it's the key for white people to start standing up to these, you know, to this new racial hierarchy where the state is enforcing a racial hierarchy that gives black people in this country uh, basically state enforced advantages, privileges, taxpayer money at the expense of every other race. Uh, this is really bad stuff. And I, w- I really wish uh, more people would, would start talking about it, but I, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to actually end it here. So thanks for listening.